Mom burnout is that feeling of, I just can't do it anymore, right? Like just feeling, but like that constant feeling of that, like just feeling like almost zoned out at the end of your rope ready to have a mental breakdown. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule, and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Through the month of March, we have been really focused on stress and how to cope with it, how to better deal with it. And as we know, stress leads to burnout. And so today I'm wrapping up the month by talking about five specific ways that you can prevent burnout. Now, of course, prevention is the key, but sometimes we don't feel that um, prevention is necessary, right? Like we keep going on the on the road that we we're on and we're not recognizing that burnout is inevitable when we are experiencing that chronic stress. And so a lot of times you may have already reached burnout and you're like, how can I get myself out of this? Um, Because just like anything, like once you're faced, once you hit bottom or once you're faced with that, um, all of the negative symptoms that come with burnout, then you're like, okay, I've got to do something. But today I want to talk about preventing it, right? Like taking a few steps back and saying like, what can you do to set yourself up so that you don't reach the point of burnout? And so it may not be as as, um, important for you to prevent it, but I'm telling you today, if you can avoid and you can stop yourself from reaching that point of burnout, you'll be thankful for it. The, The view of Next year, we'll be, we'll thank you, we'll be thanking the woman of today that you took the steps to prevent potential burnout. So let's just jump into it. I don't even have makeup on today. I had, um, I've been, well, which reminds me, next Tuesday and starting on Tuesdays is when I'll be doing my Facebook Lives from now on. So it'll be Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, noon Eastern Time. I'm hoping to be able to catch some of you ladies during your lunch break, especially on the Eastern coast, on the East coast or um, Eastern time zone. But I'll be switching to 10 o'clock on Tuesdays, 10 mountain time, 12 noon Eastern. And I'll, I'll announce that again at the end, just to remind you. Um, But another reason why I'm doing that is because I've been trying to prioritize getting to the gym each day, or at least doing some kind of exercise. I've been trying to get back into running. So years ago, I was into, I ran quite a few like half marathons, 5Ks and all of that. Before that, I was never a runner. Like we would laugh. Like I couldn't even run to the neighbor's house. I would be all out of breath and stuff. And then I um, I was like, I want to be a runner. So I started, you know, started slow and everything. And then I got to the point where I was able to, I was like in great shape back in like 2014, 2015, right before, um, well, even around the time that I had our last kid. She, she was born in 2014. So um, anyway, so I got into running. Well, then the last few years, I just kind of fell, fell away from it. I still continue to like exercise and I'll go to the gym and I'll, I'll walk and everything. But I'm like, I want to get back into running. I have it on my bucket list to run a marathon. I would love to do it this fall. But at this point, like 
I'm not even running. Yesterday I ran for five minutes straight, like four times the minute walk in between. So like I'm building up, which was more than I could run two months ago. <laughs> so it's taken me a while to build up. Um, but I, I, you know, I can't even run like a mile at this point, just a straight mile. So I'm working up to that, but I would love to be able to get back into running and train for a full marathon. For those of you that don't know, it's 26.2 miles, which is an astronomical number right now. Like it's a huge aspiration, but that would, re that requires me to spend time actually running and working up to it. So whether or not I run the, the marathon in the fall, I really want to, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I'm just right now just working on consistency and getting myself up there. But I've been trying to go to do my running at after I dropped the kids off at 8 a.m. So I've been able to do that every morning, but Thursday, because Thursday I come on here and I do my Facebook Live. And um, I'm like, I'm gonna switch it to 10 because that way. I'm hoping to get more of you on live. Um, it'll be earlier in the week and I'll be able to do my, I'll be able to get to the gym that fifth day. <laughs> so sometimes I go on Saturday, so it might be my sixth day, but um, anyway, so that's kind of the thing behind. And so I don't have my makeup on today because I didn't go to the, I didn't go get to run, but then I had an 11 o'clock she canceled. And so now I'm like, okay, that's my time. I couldn't do it this morning, but I can still do it this afternoon or not this afternoon at 11. And so I am planning on doing it then. So why put on makeup just for Facebook live? You guys see, see me roll today. <laughs> no eyeliner or mascara on, but whatever, right? Show it up real. So let's talk about burnout. Let me get a drink of water first. So what are the factors that contribute to increasing your risk of burnout. One is perfectionism. And we talk a lot about that. I, I've, I've, shit done, I've done complete Facebook Lives and podcast episodes about perfectionism and how that shows up in motherhood. But when you are trying to be the perfect parent, that usually means you are spreading yourself thin. You're trying to provide for your child's every single need. And I know I'm going to get some feedback on that <laughs> because yes, as parents, we are supposed to provide for our parents, our child's needs. But when you are doing it at the sacrifice of yourself and you're spreading yourself so thin and you're so overextended and you are making sure that every lunchbox is packed perfectly and um, every laundry's done every day. Like when you're trying to do all of these things, making sure that you're showing up as the homeroom mom and volunteering to chaperone field trips and like you are wearing yourself out by trying to be this perfect parent. Instead of just recognizing that you are the perfect parent, you are the, you're the perfect mother for your child. God gave you your child because he deemed you as the perfect parent for that child, as you are, right? As you are with all your weaknesses, all your strengths, all your shortcomings, God deemed you as that perfect parent for that child, which is why he gave you the child he did. But when you are going above and beyond and spreading yourself thin and 
putting all you have, pouring all of yourself into your children, you are on that road to burnout. You're increasing that risk. When you have lack of external support, again, I've done total, I've done other Facebook lives and podcast episodes about this, different posts inside my Facebook group about building your support system. And when you're lacking, like even, you know, I'm not talking about like nannies and daycares and like cleaning staff, right? Like those are great if you can afford all that, but even like having family or even being able to express to your partner who's supposed to be on the team with you, what you need and not getting that support that you need, that's going to, that's going to really put you on that road to burnout. Any kind of financial hardship. Like if you're working your butt off and you're doing it like just to be able to pay the bills, that stress, again, remember burnout comes from chronic stress. And so when you're feeling that stress of the financial hardship or any kind of financial stress, that increases your risk as well. Having the hectic work schedule, like working just to get your job done, like after hours, even during the hours, like if you're during your work hours, like if you're not taking sufficient breaks, if you're not allowing yourself to get up and walk around or look out the window, even go outside, that would be even better. Giving yourself those breaks. If your entire day is spent trying to make deadlines and your job in itself is creating stress for you, whether it be the schedule or the stuff that you need to do for your job, that's going to contribute to burnout. Single parenting. So I hesitate to speak on this because I and myself, I'm married, right? Like I have a partner. Um, I've always been married. We've been married for 23 years, but I see the stress and I know that as a single parent, you may be experiencing that chronic stress, the stress of having to to, you know, be there for, be there as both parents or stepping up and making sure that your, your kids are provided for being that sole provider as like financial, emotional needs, physical needs, like make that added responsibility definitely contributes to stress and therefore will contribute to burnout as well. Having too many extracurricular activities scheduled. So what I mean by this is running your kids. I'm actually experiencing this right now. So knowing that I'm going to have to step up my prevention game, which we'll talk about in a minute. But right now my after school schedule, my after school time is like constant chauffeuring. Like in the morning, I'm like, okay, make sure you have your tennis stuff and your volleyball stuff and your stuff for youth group. Like I am on like, as soon as three o'clock comes, my computer has to go off and I've got to make it out the door to be able to drive kids to all of the practices. Now I've got four kids that right now that I'm raising my other two are 18 and 22. So, um, four kids that live in our house right now, two in high school, and then a fifth grader, and she's not really involved in much stuff. And then our second grade, yeah, second grader, I almost said third grade because we were talking about third grade today. Second grader who she is in youth group um, but just our, our 
teenagers themselves. Like they have tennis practice every day. And now we've got like birthday parties coming up and like different things going on that every day, like I have my schedule. I've got my command center in my kitchen where I am making sure that everybody knows where they're supposed to be. Now I'm the one that's actually driving them. We got May 31st, our first, our girl, will, our daughter will go get her license, go do our driver's test. And then the next day, June 1st, our son's going to get his, they're twins. So knock on wood, knock on wood, we've been practicing. And um, anyway, so right now I'm the one who's taking them from activity to activity, but I know that this is temporary because through the year, I only let them do one activity one activity for them, but that's still a lot. That's still a lot for us who are driving around. And when my husband's traveling, it all falls on me. But when he's home, he does pick up and he does drive them and um, make sure that he's helping out. But that's because I told him I need his help, right? I had to speak up about that and say, I need your help. Like I cannot do this alone. And yesterday, even I called one of my friend's daughter's moms who is in youth group with our youngest. And I was like, can you please do you mind dropping her off? And she had no problem with that. In fact, she is in the Moms Without Case Facebook group. So Christy, if you're listening, thank you for that. <laughs> Shout out to you. Because um, I had to go and pick up one of my daughters from tennis. And I also was trying to cook dinner at the time. And so my son came up and he, he was able to finish up dinner. I had to call in backup, right? And just to get things done. And so I had that support system. The overextended schedule, I know that this is temporary and in the summer, I'm looking forward to it freeing up a bit. But if you're finding that your activities, if you're driving lessons and sports practices and all these different activities that you have your kids scheduled in, and then maybe you do some activities too, which kudos to you, that's awesome that you do, but you have to be aware of how is that affecting your stress level? Is that it really bringing up your stress level a lot? And if so, what can you do about it? Which we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, so, and then finally, supplementary needs for children. So I talked a, a couple minutes ago about meeting your children's needs. And by doing so, I just wanna make sure that we don't have comments here. Okay. Um, I thought I had it on do not disturb. It's still making noise. Okay. So meeting the needs of your children. That's what we do as a mom, right? But when you're not giving them, when you're denying them the ability to be responsible. So like, for example, your kid needs lunch, right? This is, this happened to me this morning. <laughs> so my kid needs lunch. And she didn't decide that she wanted lunch. She didn't like the chili, whatever they were having for lunch at school. So usually I'm just like, just eat at school, just eat at school. Cause they have the free lunches after COVID and all that. So might as well. Right. So <laughs> this morning she was like, it was 10 minutes before we had to leave. And I still hadn't got my shoes on or brushed my teeth. And so I'm like, she's like, can I have a home lunch? I'm like, oh, like I could have really like just been felt defeated at that point. But my son, I know usually will get ready and he'll go sit down on the couch. So I was able to call in back out, right? And I just asked him, he didn't care making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And we, my other daughter, had, I finally got around to making the pumpkin pie with her yesterday. She's been, my 12 year old has been wanting pumpkin pie. She had all the ingredients on the counter for the past three days. So we did that yesterday, you know, cause why not, right? 
<laughs> why not i'm running around trying to get dinner making sure that i got everyone picked up and everything um but anyway so i cut her a piece of pumpkin pie threw it in the lunchbox with some raisins she was good to go but i had to call it because i had no time to make that peanut butter and jelly sandwich and typically if that would happen i'd have her make it because that's giving her that responsibility. Yes, it is a need that she wanted, or I guess it's a want, right? Because, but I need to feed her. If she chooses not to eat the home lunch or the school lunch, she needs to eat. She needs to bring a school, uh, let me think, a home lunch, right? So teaching them responsibility, teaching them to meet their own needs, or calling in some brothers and sisters and saying, hey, would you mind helping out here? That's also teaching them to be helpful and to be generous of their time. And my son, he's 15. He didn't care. He's like I said, he usually just goes and sits down on the couch anyway, waits for all the girls to get ready. So he was fine with doing that. He was making his bagel anyway. So making sure that you are not the sole provider, right? Giving either responsibility to others around you, giving them that um, responsibility to help, right? And giving them that opportunity to help or allowing your children to take some responsibility for their own needs instead of you wearing yourself thin, spreading yourself too thin by trying to meet all of their needs. All right, so let's get into how to prevent mom burnout. And when I say mom burnout, this is different than job burnout. Mom burnout is that feeling of, I just can't do it anymore, right? Like just feeling, but like that constant feeling of that, like just feeling like almost zoned out at the end of your rope, ready to have a mental breakdown. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. When I talk about mom burnout and it could go on for days, it could go on for weeks or even months if you don't take action. So now what I'm going to talk about today the prevention is going to be very similar to it, to the treatment of it. And a lot of times when you're feeling burnout, you're like, oh, I've got to do more. Like, it's just not working. I've got to organize my time or I've got to um, figure out, like, you feel like you, you go into problem solving mode. Like, what can I do? You know, I, I don't like feeling this way. My family, like, still needs me. And that's making you feel even more exasperated. And so... I challenge you when you're feeling like you're doing too much, don't push yourself to do more. Don't push yourself to like start on schedules and time management and like doing those kind of things. Take a step back. I challenge you to do less. So these things that I'm going to talk about, these aren't these, I don't want these to be added to your overwhelm. When you start practicing these, they become part of your routine. It's not that you're becoming, you're doing more. It's that you're doing these things that are going to make you best equipped to safeguard yourself against burnout or to treat burnout if it's already happening. All right, you know what my number one is going to be? Make time for yourself. You know that I'm all about self-care, right? And so making sure that you are carving out time for yourself, making sure that you are getting adequate sleep. It's a great place to start. If you are, it's that cycle. 
if you are, if your sleep is suffering, you're going to end up feeling more stressed because you're not going to be able to think clearly or make decisions wisely. And that's going to create, that's going to lead you to sleep less because that anxiety, you're going to stay up at night, worrying, stressing, and just being thinking that you can solve the world's problems and it's going to affect your sleep. So your sleep is going to not be quality, quantity sleep, and then it's going to affect your stress level again. So you need to work on getting your sleep in control. I actually have a sleep workshop, um, a sleep course, Sleep Matters. I'll go ahead and I'll put that in the show notes or in the comment section if you're watching this live. If you're interested in that, if you're struggling with sleep, then um, this course I created a while ago, it used to be a live workshop, might be exactly what you need. We go over a lot of the worrying that happens while you're sleeping or not while you're trying to get to sleep, right? If you can't fall asleep because your mind is racing as soon as your head hits the pillow, or if you're getting up through the night or you're doing certain behaviors that are not fostering a good night's sleep, this course will teach you how to get those in order, how to stop worrying the minute your head hits the pillow. And it's also going to help you recondition your body and your mind to equate the bed with sleep so that you fall asleep faster and you get better a better night's sleep. So check that out. Um, and see if it's something that may help you. It's a great course. I'm telling you, it's a great course. And, and it most likely will help you if you're struggling with like insomnia, if you're struggling with um, anything more severe than that, you know, and even if insomnia, like I definitely suggest you go to a doctor, get an official diagnosis. But this course is based on cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. And so check it out. Um, but making sure that you're, you're giving yourself enough time, you know, enough, enough time to get, get a good night's sleep, to move your body, to rest. Now, rest is different than sleep. I'm talking about like, especially I said, if you have that hectic work schedule, taking a step away from your desk and giving yourself space to breathe, go absorb some sunlight, right? Giving yourself that time to rest. When you're at home and you're, you're running around, like for years, I could not rest. I would be resentment. I would feel resentment towards my husband when he was resting, when he was sitting on the couch. I'd be like, there is so much to do. How can you just sit and rest? Like it would, it would bug me. He'd be watching football, he'd be vacuum, right? Like I just, I could not do that rest. It's like that Martha and Mary thing, right? Like the Martha and Mary not thing, the story. And even with my kids, I had a hard time just like being fully present with them. And that was being like rest. I just couldn't do that because my mind was always racing with my to-do list and like all the things that I should be doing, which made me feel even more guilty. And I wasn't able to be fully present. And so making sure that you are incorporating and learning how to rest properly, not just resting and, and vegging out with Netflix, like that's not rest because your mind is still going, but giving yourself that space to be able to completely rest your mind and your body. 
And then finding balance. And, and I know that like balance, balance is like one of those debatable things, like how do you find balance, right? Like, but, and I think I did a Facebook live about this and a, and a podcast episode um, about making sure that you are spending time on your priorities, spending on, spending time on things that you value and spending like being content with how you're spending time and making sure that you're adjusting if your activities aren't aligning with your values. So that is, that is what balance is about. Making sure you ask for help. This is really hard to do because one, you may not even know what it is that you need help with. You might make that excuse like, it's easier just to do it myself. I did it the other day. I did it the other day. We walked out. We've been having beautiful weather. And then yesterday morning or two mornings ago, I went out in the morning. My kids are all in the car and we had ice on the window. Like, what the heck? So one, I was like, kind of upset because I'm like, my kids are sitting right there. I have two teenagers and the ice scraper is in my car. Like, get out and do it, right? And then, so I, I grabbed the thing and I started doing it. And I'm like, it's just easier to do it myself. And then I had this whole conversation with myself while I was doing it, um, that it was easier. But then I'm like, we're also late. And so for me to go get them and for my, for my son to do it, because we only had one ice scraper, like, I know that it would take a while. Like, I was really scrubbing. And I'm like, but I, it, it probably would have taken the same amount of time, like, now that I think about it. Um, if I was just to say, hey, Jay, you got to do this hard, right? Like he probably would have got out and just did it really fast. And it would have been fine. But at that moment, like I still struggle with that. I still struggle with asking for help. But one of the things that's even harder is to identify what it is that I need. Like when I say like, it's easier to do it myself, like, well, why is it easier? And if I was to take the time or not, if I was to make the time to teach my kids how to do something right, it may take a while to teach them that and to go through like the steps of how like to do it properly, but then being able to trust that they're going to do the job. And that's going to save me time in the long run. And that's going to teach them responsibility and give them that sense of pride. So making sure that you are creating and building a support system and then giving that support system the opportunity to support. Practicing self-compassion. This is where you talk to yourself kindly. Um, let me just, I, I just wanna check the comments every once in a while. I'm not used to doing this through Zoom. All right. So if you're watching, just let me know, drop a hi in the comments. Hopefully I'll see it. <laughs> um, but practicing self-compassion is all about talking to yourself kindly, putting the inner mean girl in her place, making sure that you are speaking to yourself as you would a best friend or as somebody that you love. And this could be hard because we are our own worst critic and she can talk loud and she keeps us playing small. So you want to make sure that you are conscious of how you're talking to yourself and start catching and changing and challenging what you are saying. 
but first you have to become aware of what it is that you're saying to yourself so that you can counteract that. So you can start looking for the evidence that goes against those thoughts, doing the work, and then making sure that you are shifting the words that you're saying to yourself so that they are kinder and more compassionate towards yourself. Looking at what you can control. Okay, we already talked about looking at your schedule. If you are overextended, if you feel that you're running from one place to another and you've got 50 plates in the air that you are spinning at any one time, take a step back from that and see what it is about that that you can control. So many times we focus in on what we can't control and we end up feeling like a victim. Like all of this stuff is happening to us. This is just how motherhood is. I just got to deal with it and get on with it. But that's not the case. In any given situation, the way you perceive that situation, you can change that because that's fueled by the thoughts that you're having. And so in any given situation, there's going to be parts of that that you can control. But it means that you have to take a step back in order to look at that bigger picture and see what is about the situation. What is it that I can control? And sometimes it is just your response. Sometimes it is just your perception and the thoughts that you have about that situation. But, but they can change. You can change them. You have that power. But again, that control and trust are on two different ends of the spectrum. And in order to be able to trust yourself, that means you're going to have to let go of some of that control. And that's a scary place. That's a scary thing to do if you're not used to doing it. And then simplifying, right? Doing some physical and emotional decluttering. I did do a podcast episode with this. I did an interview. Um, and in that interview, we talked all about emotional decluttering. I'll link to that in the comment section of this video. Um, and I guess I'll do that in the show notes too. If you're interested, I'll, I'll, I forget what episode that is, but I did an interview all about emotional decluttering. So simplifying your life, figuring out what it is and physical decluttering too, right? Because that's going to um, decrease decision fatigue where you get tired, like all the million decisions you have to make each day. When you have less to choose from, when you have less options, you decrease your risk for decision fatigue, right? And there's a lot of energy that you give to making decisions. And so when you can eliminate options and make the decisions easier, that's gonna give you back some of that energy and more energy to be able to prevent that burnout and use towards the things that you love and use things on and use that energy on what matters. So if you struggle, with feeling stressed, right? Feeling stressed out, overextended, overwhelmed. You feel like you've lost yourself behind the to-do list. If you've been at it for a while and you are thinking like, okay, your kids were little, this is just temporary. It's just season, you know, it's just a season of life. I'm going to get through this. And then your kids go back to school, your kids start school and you just cannot get a handle on 
doing life, right? Like you're struggling, you're struggling. And it's been so long since you have done anything that you enjoyed or anything just for yourself. You don't even know what it is that you want to do or what you'd like to do. You've lost yourself in the process of being this perfect mom. So if that's you, I want to talk to you. I want to help you get back to yourself. I want you to reclaim that sense of self that you lost. And then take it a step further. And I want to help you fall in love with that woman that you see in the mirror. If you don't even recognize her anymore, let's talk. Book a discovery call with me. I'm going to put the link in the show notes and I'm going to put it in the comments below this section, below this video. Just let's talk. Let's see if, if my one-on-one coaching program is something that you can, that you need. I know where you are right now because I've been there. I've, I've been there and I've also helped clients, especially in my counseling practice, other moms who have struggled with the same thing. So I have some, some strategies and I will walk you through feeling like you are lost, defeated, and just on the verge of burnout to feeling like you are enough feeling like you've got this and identifying what it is you're dreaming of. You don't have to give up your dreams because you're a mom. I want to show you how this is possible. Book a call and let's talk about it. And just to remind you, next Tuesday, I'll be starting and Tuesday from now on, Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, noon Eastern, so 12 noon Eastern, I will now be doing my Facebook Lives, my weekly Facebook Lives here inside the Moms Without Capes Facebook group. Um, I'd love to have you on live, but even if you can't watch it live, definitely watch the replays. And I will see you in the group. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Capes podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.